This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Welcome to our Ion Annapolis election 2021 podcast series for the city of Annapolis. Just a few quick notes for you. We reached out to every candidate running for office in the city of Annapolis to ask for their participation. Some participated, some didn't respond, and others responded, and we just weren't able to find a common time to record. It should be noted that in those circumstances, the candidates were usually running unopposed. These are unedited, so the ums and the ahs and the coughs and everything else are all still in place. This is deliberate, so you can hear the candidate raw. All of the candidates were asked the same questions, to be fair, except for one, which was specific to that candidate. We started out with some wider-reaching city questions and then got into some more specific ward questions. Ballots should have hit your mailboxes already if you live in the city of Annapolis, and it is important to exercise your right to vote, so please make sure you do. It's also very critical that you cast a vote that is right for you. Not what your neighbor has said, not based on something you heard. Do your own research and vote for the best candidate for you. And we hope that these interviews will help you in that process. And I do need to thank all of the candidates that have decided to get into this mess we call politics. Win or lose, these folks all care for Annapolis and have a passion to serve, and I appreciate their willingness to do so. With that said... Let's have a listen. Uh, we are out here at the Market House, which is exciting because it's, uh, well, this is actually going on a full mayoral term of it being fully open. So I think this is, uh, this is good, but it's a beautiful September day. The last, no, is it September or is it October? It's we are September. September, yes, for one more day. For- We're with Rock Taves, who is the aldermanic candidate for Ward 8, which is the Eastport section. So we brought him across the bridge because they've got a nice table out here. So, uh, Thank you very much for joining us this morning. And what we're doing is we're talking to all of the candidates, both automatic and mayoral, and just sort of uh, getting their feel and getting to people to understand who right. they are and what they are as they come up on Election Day. Election Day is November 2nd, and the city is going to be sending out ballots to every registered voter uh, probably the second to third week in October. I believe they go out October 8th. Okay. Um, or 9 I'm not sure which. So there are a number of ways that you can vote. You can return that by mail. You do have to have it postmarked uh, no later than the 2nd of November. You can drop it off in boxes that will be around the city. Or you can um, go old school and show up show up at a polling location. And uh, I would say pull a lever, but you don't do that anymore. But you sort of color in the lines and <laughs> send it through a scanner. Um, but, Rock, again, thank you for joining us. And I yeah, guess thank just, you. just get into it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about crime because with a city this small, we can't, uh, percentages don't really tell the story. If we have um, one murder one year and then a murder the next year, we've had 100% increase in crime. And that's not very fair to, you know, right. just to say Look that. Um, but what are your thoughts on crime in the city and you know, how do you ensure constituents in Ward 8, which is, you know, the lower end of Eastport, I guess, um, that the ward is safe and that the police are doing an adequate job here? Um, yeah, no, that's a that's obviously a question that's on on everyone's mind, um, and you know I think you know as is, is kind of well known and being talked about during this campaign, uh, our police department isn't up to the the staffing level that we're budgeted for. Um, that's complicated to to get to that point by the fact that. Um, we're in competition with other jurisdictions, most likely probably the county, 
which offers signing bonuses, um, which is something we probably need to match. So I think the first thing we need to, need to focus on is getting our police fully staffed to what we're budgeted for. Um, and in talking to, you know, I've, I've talked to the um, chief of police and, and um, the head of the housing authority, um, other things like that. Um, just, you know, with the idea of, you know, focusing on trying to get officers that live in the community, I think that would help um, when we're doing that recruiting. Um, maybe even having officers tasked to be in specific, you know, wards or specific specific neighborhoods. Um, and ideally, maybe encouraging that they would live there. Um, in, in housing that for example, where Hacka owns the, the property or manages the property, might even be able to offer that as part of the compensation package. Um, and, you know, just in terms of, you know, there's sort of an, an air of, of I, I, you know, I think it's related to the pandemic in a lot of ways. Or there's an air of a little bit of lawlessness, and it's, you know, it just comes from, you know, the way things were relaxed during the pandemic. So I think we sort of need to to get back to, you know, just establishing more of a law and order kind of a feel um, or, you know, public safety uh, sort of a feel. Um, so, yeah. Good. Well, I'll tell you, the other thing that, you know, development and population and crowding and everything else sure. is sort of in there. And we've all been there that, you know, a car wrecks or a pole falls down on Forest Drive and apocalypse hits Annapolis. Um, and... You know, there's a huge quality of life that we have that gets lost when something like that happens. What, how do you figure, as an alderman representing Ward 8, you'll balance that whole, I mean, we do need development, we do need an influx of, you know, tax revenues and, and right. commerce and everything else. Right. Um, but we also have the quality of life that we need to deal with as far as people that are living here. Right. Um, how do you balance that out? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you put your finger on a big part of it, which is... You know, there's there's a, a an appetite for revenue in the city, <laughs> um, and that obviously that puts pressure on to increase development, increase density, that kind of thing. Um, so if we were perhaps a bit better about controlling our spending or, or watching the spending that we do, um, at least we would be able to kind of relieve some of that pressure to constantly be seeking these new avenues for revenue. Um, in terms of traffic, you know, parking, all that sort of thing that comes along with, with new development, um, I think we need to look at, you know, studies that we've already done. I mean, there's a, there's a, a, a traffic and parking study for Eastport that's from 2016. There's a whole list of recommendations in it. Uh, I don't know that we've tried to act on any of those at this point so we you know as a city we sort of have this habit of commissioning studies you know a lot of times really you know dedicated and concerned residents put a lot of time volunteer effort into it but then we sort of fail to follow through on those recommendations so um you know i think we need more bike access more bike uses uh you know, look at one-way streets, the configuration of we We have one-way streets in Ward 8, but I think we need to look at the configuration of those. 
parking on one side, another, you know, not the other side, perhaps. Uh, and then just the whole issue of parking in general, it's a resource, it's a, it's a scarce resource, and currently it's sort of unmanaged uh, in Eastport in, 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 any, in any way, in any case. Uh, so we might look at a, a parking district, maybe. Just some things we need to talk about, but as I said, a lot of this stuff's been addressed in the parking study from 2016, which I think we should look at. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we are an expensive city to live in. Uh, we're not quite San Francisco, uh, thank God, for some neighbors. And the city does offer an awful lot of services to their residents. Um, people will say, some people say that our workforce in the city is bloated. Um, others feel that we're probably half-staffed. Uh, you know, right. it's, it's all out there. But do you feel that... Annapolis, you know, after we're paying taxes on taxes, because city residents do pay taxes on top of what we pay to the county. Right. But do you feel that Annapolis is a good value? Well, I think uh, the desire for people to move to Annapolis, which is great, goes back to your prior question about the need for more development in, in a lot of places. You know, not so much whether I think it's a value or not. The market sort of shows that it's at least desirable, uh, you know, value in that sense, I think. Um, but that said, you know, even if that said, even if it is a value at this point, there's no reason to not examine and try to streamline our spending. Um, you know, it's just too often that's just the assumption as well. Let's see, you know, let's let's find more avenues for revenue. And, and that's not that we shouldn't do that, but too often I think we forget to look at how we might be able to avoid duplication of services or, you know, perhaps certain departments that could be merged, you know, just things like that. So I think we should always, even though it is a value, I do believe it's a value, but I believe we should try to streamline it and make it even more of a value. Um, and the last one on the city thing is that there's been a lot of talk. I know John Hammond has mentioned it about merging uh, services with the county. And obviously, we need to make sure that the county is on board with it before we start merging services. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? And do you have you figured any departments that may be mergeable? I know we've done elections. Right. Right. Um, well, again, I mean, it's something that we should look at. Um, I think there would be an opportunity to merge transportation, perhaps. Um, I'm probably less inclined to think that would work out merging the police or fire department. Those are the other two big ones that always come up when you talk about merging services with the county. Um, but maybe we should look at, as a start, um, the transportation department. And then, you know, but as you alluded to, and as I've, I've said before, you sort of have to ask what's in it for the county and what's their motivation. So we'd have to come up with um, something that would be appealing to the county. I mean, of course, you could just simply say as a city, we're not providing this service anymore, uh, at which point the county would probably have to. Um, so it's not that the city has no leverage, but it would be, you know, part of the negotiation with the county and hopefully not come to that level of uh, uh, <laughs> being that dramatic. But yeah, I, I think I would look um, probably first at the transportation and see if you could merge that. I'm going to switch into the wards here. What really easy one, uh, not an easy one to solve, but what's the most pressing issue facing Ward 8 right now? Um, I think immediately the most pressing issue probably 
public water access. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's the most pressing, but it's on, it, it seems to be the one that's on most people's minds right now. You know, the, with the recent sort of loss of what was believed to be public, you know, the right to have public access through Wells Cove. Um, and then the questions about this, uh, SAYC, the South Annapolis Yacht Center, putting up a fence you know, blocking what was a traditional access to the water there. And then even places like uh, at the end of Bill Jones Alley, uh, near where I live, um, which is an easement, is my understanding, but uh, is currently not accessible because of trees that have been allowed to grow there from neighboring properties. Uh, what can so, we do with it about it? Well, I think we need to look at where we stand, you know, in terms of legal easements or you know what what the the rights are that the city you know believes that it has in regard to these locations and make sure we understand what those are get those nailed down and in writing um, so that we don't have the problems that we had at Wells Cove and then going forward just keep an eye on possible places to expand because I think you know we certainly need for everyone who lives here I mean part of the reason people live in Annapolis is because of the water I mean it's a big part of it so we should be looking for ways to expand just public access for, you know, kayaks, canoes, paddle boards, you know, fishing, all those sorts of things. So when properties change hands, be on the lookout for ways that you could, as a city, you know, increase your stock of public access Snag an easement or something like right. that if it's right. possible. Right. Or redevelop, you know, change hands or property that's redeveloped. Look for opportunities there to increase. Um. Different aldermen communicate in different ways uh, throughout the city. I mean, I know we've got some that are old school that pick up the phone and, and, and call me. Others are very good right. with emails, stuff like it. How do you plan to communicate with your constituents um, once you're in office? And what's I guess what's your preferred method of getting contact? And if you say TikTok, we're just done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no TikTok. <laughs> I barely know what that is. But um, I think email is effective uh, for some people, but increasingly and i know this from my own business um you know email is not always you know there was a time when you could assume you sent someone an email that they got it and saw it that's certainly not the case at this point but that's that's an effective tool obviously to be used um texting i think would be you know a possible way and i'd you know be interested in receiving people's text um but as a small business owner with a with a shop right on main street downtown uh it's not like people aren't going to know how to get hold of me or find me um so there's just in person which is so you're, you're not you're not you're not selling this door just because of the <laughs> the, the, the the massive salary that yeah, alderman right. yeah right <laughs> right um yes i think that would be the primary way probably email um or at least for me in terms of outgoing communication um but people would be more than welcome to stop by in person contact me by phone i'm easy to find um and this is not specific to the current alderman that's representing the board um but some wards feel or seem i mean there's such a bedroom community and they're somewhat ignored they're somewhat forgotten Mm -hmm. about the city and there's there's more than one do you feel that ward eight is adequately and i'll say you know represented respected recognized uh within the city um, Ward 8 as as a whole, um, 
that's a good question. I mean, I think within Ward 8, there are parts of Ward 8 that I don't think probably are currently represented very, very effectively. Um, so I'll say that. How, but, how, how would but you? But if you look at, you know, um, the city council, you know, uh, wards one through eight, does ward eight have a voice? Yes, definitely. But is it the question being, is it all of ward eight? Fair enough. All right. This one's for you. All right. Uh, and we mentioned this before we actually started recording a little bit, but you ran for this office a while ago. It was, you know, <laughs> 12, 12 years, years ago. <laughs> um, what the hell have you been doing for the past 12 years? Uh, and why, did, why did we sit out two elections to, to come back? Nothing at all, right? No. Um, no, it's, uh, it's a fair question. So I have gone from when I talked to you 12 years ago. That's kind of when you started your this, this operation, I think, if we, we mentioned. Um, I have gone from um, a business that I started at home, pre-internet, kind of in my basement. Went from that to the internet with it to a storefront on Main Street. Um, I've been active in different boards and committees around the city, things like um, the board of the Charles Carroll House, the board of the Mitchell Gallery at St. John's College, um, Quaker Burial Ground South in South County. I was also on the Historic Preservation Commission for the city. So I've had, you know, I've had uh, a lot of interactions and and done a lot of things in the community in that way. Uh, plus just having an open shop downtown, which I've had first on West Street for a couple of years, but that started in 2011. So for, I guess, a, that's a decade, right, of having a, a small business, being interested and involved in issues that come up with the city's, you know, government situation, dealing with, Know, things that small businesses need, perceptions about what small businesses need. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been active in in the community in, in a variety of ways since two thousand nine. I guess it was. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's just uh, throw it out here that I just moved into Ward Eight, and I keep seeing these signs around town. This says "Rock Tays for Alderman." And oh, you got uh, it. I. I sat there, I Googled Alderman to find out what the hell that meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know I've got an election coming up, so why, why am I voting for Rock Taste? Why would you vote for me, right? Well, um, I have a deep investment in the city, I think. I own a house uh, that I've had for 30 years in Eastport, same house that I bought in 1991. So I'm, um, I'm invested in the community in that way. I have the business that I mentioned before that went from the basement to the Internet to a, a brick-and-mortar storefront on Main Street. Um, I deeply care about the town. I've met my wife here, raised two kids here that are in their 20s. I've been an active member of the community. I think that the city council would benefit from someone with the experience that I have. I'm not a politician. I don't have any aspirations to go further. I'm just concerned about the community itself and how we can come together and work collaboratively to solve a lot of the challenges that we have. Um, 
and I, I think particularly to start with, you know, just some basic things. I mean, it's, you know, we're such a divided society in so many ways, but there are, if you look around the town, you can see things that I think everyone could agree should be different than what they are, and a lot of them are kind of basic things. So let's see if we can address those. You know, it's, uh, let's get the garbage picked up. Let's get the sidewalks fixed. Let's make sure there's not graffiti accumulating on on things. Those are just tangible, visible, measurable things that it seems like we should make sure we do. Um, I have, you know, I have experience as a businessman. Um, I've had, you know, jobs ranging from public accounting, that's how I started, um, residential property management in Hollywood, um, retail manager. I was an early manager of the Barnes & Noble here in Annapolis, and that, that kind of, as you might suspect, led into my book-selling career. Um, I, even had, I even had a job where I was a mule driver in the back country of Idaho, uh, which probably, oddly enough, is the job that would prepare me best for the city council. <laughs> so um, I, I think I, I think you know. Sometimes you wake up at night and you're like, "Well, yeah, why? Why am I doing this? Am I qualified to do this?" And then I look back. I mean, I, I, I go up to the thirty thousand foot level and I and I say, you know, if you don't want a guy that's a small business owner that's lived here for thirty years, that's been active in the community, on the city council, well, what what do you want on the city council? I mean, that's the ideal person in my mind. Fantastic. How do we find out more about you? You're on Facebook and Facebook, website? Facebook, website, and- yep, rocktaves.org. Uh, Facebook is Friends of Rock Taves. And even though it's pronounced Taves, it is T-O-E-W-S. Is That's that- correct, yes. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, it's like the hockey player Jonathan Taves. Rock, thank you very much for your time thank today. You, John. I really Good luck. It. And um, for everybody that's listening, get out and vote or you know, get to the post office and vote or get to a drop box and vote or something or other like that. And you want to make sure that you uh, check out Rock's website as well as his uh, Facebook page. And we will make sure we put the links in the uh, show notes as well when this is done. But thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.